is Alicia Christian, and welcome to the Eating Me Podcast. Hey, y'all. It's Leash, and welcome back to another episode of Car Confessions during Black History Month. This week, Chris and I will share the story of Isidore Banks. And Isidore Banks was a prominent landowner and one of the wealthiest African Americans in the town of Marion, Arkansas. Unfortunately, in 1954, he lost his life, and no one that we know of is actually aware of why he was murdered and who murdered him. Because of his status being a prominent African-American with, you know, a lot of money, some speculate that his murder was due to him refusing to sell his land to other white landowners. Some say um, that um, he could have been murdered because of bad business dealings in general. And others have speculated that the murder could have been due to him having a possible affair with a white woman. There are several other theories as to why he was murdered. But unfortunately, we don't know that any of this information is true. And so his family to this day is still seeking answers around the murder and just seeking justice for Isidore as well. I am actually really excited to share this information with you all in the way of seeking justice for his family and for Isidore as well. There is a podcast that gives an extensive amount of information about Isidore's life and has interviews um, of people in the town about what they know and what they've heard about the murder of Isidore Banks. And that podcast is called Unfinished Deep South. So definitely take a listen to that when you get a chance. We have like taken information from that podcast series, as well as other information from other um, articles that have been written about Isidore and his life. So I am, like I said, I'm excited to share this information with you all. And, you know, here's to the justice of those who are still out here dealing with family members whose cases remain cold to this day. And so Chris and I will do our best to share the story and unfortunate murder of Isidore Banks. Hey everyone, welcome to Car Confessions during Black History Month. This is Alicia. And Chris. And we're back. Um, And actually this week... We are going to share a brief story um, about Isidore Banks. And Isidore Banks' story is so um, complex and just tragic, but it's actually, unfortunately, a common story a lot of Black people have heard of in the way of they've experienced someone either in their immediate family or someone that they know that was um, murdered and no one has any other information about what happened to them and actually who actually killed them. And that was the story, unfortunately, of Isidore Banks. But beyond his murder, because I think a lot of people will focus on the fact that he was murdered in such a brutal way, 
and it was and it's still to this day considered a cold case he was such a a prominent person in his community uh so Isidore Banks was um a, a very prominent landowner in Marion Arkansas he was one of the wealthiest African American people in that area as well and so I think due to him being this this like very well-to-do person he was a target you know yeah he, he was like people in the town because this was civil rights era people did not like the way he even moved around town right. he he would go into white establishments with no problem mm-hmm. and for the fact he helped his community out so much Many of the white business owners didn't mind him coming in, right? Because he helped them out, also, right? Um, and you know, even before his status as being this prominent, you know, a landowner and you know, being this wealthy, he and I mean, and that can be something that can be uh seen as like a, him being revered for those things. But he also helped bring electricity to the town of Marion and like areas around there. Um, so, you know, he, he was all about just helping and making sure that the black community had what they needed, even down to the schools in that area. He ensured that, you know, the schools would have books and certain supplies for the children so they could have a decent education. And I thought that was so important because, you know, sometimes people can get to a point where they are, you know, well off and they don't want to, you know, give back to the community. And from what I have seen and what I've read about um, Isidore Banks, he was all about making sure his community was supported um, and would, you know, go above and beyond to make sure that they had what they need needed. Um, he also founded um, a cotton ginning business to help support the black farmers. And I was like, that is such a cool thing, too, because when you're thinking about black farmers, especially at that time, to have those types of businesses and have your own um, way of you know making money and not working for someone else. I was like, how awesome is that and i could see that even more so for him being a threat in that community with white people because he's empowering black people whether it be them being kids in school trying to help them have the best education or these black farmers helping them to like have like the proper things that they need in order for their business to thrive too you know yeah he he was that person and it was him and a couple of other people who started the cotton gin Mm -hmm. and it was said that his cotton gin was literally like not far, if not directly across the street from the white man in his cotton gin. Mm-hmm. And it was that Isidore was more, he, he cared more for the people. So his thing was first in line, you first at the door, no matter what, your right. race, your age, your not. Everybody is treated the same right. where we all know if you go across the street to the white man and his gin, it is who the man likes first and right. who he's going to pick first. So many people started going to Isidore's uh, cotton gin and that's what some people are thinking may be one of the reasons why they really had killed it, him. Had it out for him, yeah. Because 
he's now taking even more business from them and and it's not liking it. Right. And, you know, another thing, too, because he owns so much land, it was also speculated that his murder could have been by way of several, you know, white people would come to him and ask to purchase that land and he would refuse them. Yes, because they said he had... They, they're they calculating he had at least a thousand acres of land. That's insane for a black person to have that much land at that time and to be able to maintain it. Correct. Right. And... What is more amazing is that mm-hmm. after he died, it all disappeared. Right. And they said he owned nothing. Right. And so it could be that they were looking for his land also. Right. right. Exactly. And I think that was kind of like the demise and like the eventual, out, obviously the outcome of that, the, you know, the people that were either that murdered him or just, just folks in general just wanted to obtain his land. So it was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll make up these stories, right? Um, after he's passed on to say that because he's now dead, the family doesn't have any rights to his land or anything that he had possession of. Because they said he had several businesses. Like right. he, earned, he had a, a store in town. He had different things and... They all disappeared right. once he died. Right. And so what I found is, so let's, let's even go back. So what happened was with Isidore's death was he, it's, the story is that he, his wife says that he left the house to go pay some of the farmers that worked for him um, on, uh, what was it? Was it was June fourth? June fourth. Yeah, June fourth, nineteen fifty four, was the last time his wife Alice saw him. And so her story, by way of you know the information that we found, is that she last saw him, and the story was he was going to pay the farmers um, for the work that they had done, and that was the last time she saw him. And four days later, he was discovered. And unfortunately, when he was discovered, mm-hmm. he was found tied to a tree brutally like just mutilated and it's not really certain he had a a wound to his abdomen and because of him being severely burnt so not only was he tied to a tree let's 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 chained to a chain yeah that's even worse chained Chained to to a a tree. tree you know and probably before the chaining to the tree he was probably brutally beaten they don't know if the wound that was in his abdomen area was a shotgun or a knife wound um, and, and that's all because of the fact that he was, um, burned so badly and he was, they said he was burned beyond recognition. Um, so, you know, that is just crazy to me, Yeah, you know, that, that, that was, you know, his circumstances. But what, another thing was when they did the investigation after his death around the area where they found his body, there wasn't any blood there. So what they're de- what they're determining is his body was moved to that area and then chained to that tree. So everything in terms of like like him being burnt and all that and the whole actual act was done somewhere else. Yeah, cuz if you think about it, the town wasn't that big. Right. Everybody knew his truck. Right. They said they found his truck what 50 feet from his body. Right. And they found him 4 days later. Right. So he couldn't have been in that spot the whole time. They exactly. would have to have looked. 
Right. Like, exactly. why did they come across it now? Right. And apparently, one of the um, during while they were searching, one of the local farmers who knew that banks sometimes frequent that particular area that he was found in. Um, that's he he led people to that space, but I, I I can't imagine them not checking that before. Correct, but but who knows? Who right? knows? Because this is still a cold case, right? And from what I read, there the population in Marion wasn't that big, right? Back then, so everybody knew everybody. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And if you listen to, so if you guys get a chance, there's a podcast. Excuse me. That was actually done about Isidore's life, and it's called "Unfinished: The Deep South." And this particular series, like I said, it focuses on his life, and it's really cool because they have interviews of people from the town that were alive at that time, or family members of people who might have been associated with that particular time, or with Isidore. And I thought it was really fascinating because they interviewed his daughter. And the daughter basically said that she feels that they killed her father because he had too much money. That he was a wealthy black man. And that was just like an intimidating factor to so many people in the town. And I could see that, right? Um, but there were other rumors about his death, uh, rumors that, you know, like I said before, the issue with him not selling his land to other white people, uh, they, they felt that could have been a reason. Like I said, it could have been the issue of him having, you know, being a wealthy black man at that time. Um, you know, especially during Jim Crow. I mean, let's be serious. And then there were other things of where I think it was another accusation where, uh, he might have beat a white man. Um, and so, you know, that was a reason why they thought he he would have been uh, beaten in the way that he was and ultimately killed. And then another um, rumor was that he might have had an affair with a white woman in that area and that caused a commotion. All these speculations, and it sucks because, like I said, we don't have any real concrete information or evidence that any of these things would be true, you know, but this is where we are in, you know, his actual um, story. So it's it's all speculation as to how he died, um, but it's just a really tragic situation to know that his family, even up to now, just wants answers, you know, they just want to know what actually happened, um, just for their peace of mind, if anything, you know? Sure. Um, but a- another thing that I kind of, I wanted to... to and back s- then, they were just too afraid to ask. Right. And so, that's what I wanted to circle back to. The, and so, I think, in terms of the lack of information that was provided at the time when he was murdered, some of that was by way of some people just didn't want to run their mouth because they didn't want to be that person. Yes, because they said that's also another thing they feel could have been a reason that they wanted to put him in the spotlight and say, look at this man. Yep. We killed him. So watch our step. Exactly. Th- if it can happen to him. It and definitely you know can happen who to can you. Who, yes, exactly. And, so a yeah. lot of people end up, a lot of black people end up leaving Marion. Right. Or they stayed and they just kept quiet right. and scared. Exactly. And so that because of that, 
because no one's you know came forward whether it had been you know a black person or even a white person not coming forward because so much time had gone by and even with law enforcement there wasn't tons of investigation that was put in place anyway his story kind of fizzled out until like i believe it was like was it the early 2000s 2007 that someone decided to look into the case um, and yeah, in 2007, the FBI opened the case again, uh, and media coverage was actually, you know, a part of this whole process. But when they were looking into what, you know, what they could find about Isidore Banks, they found out that there was a flood in, uh, the local, um, I guess it was like the local, uh, like police department or something like that. Or, you know, and then also, so with this particular flood, his actual information, of course, was destroyed. And beyond that, in the 70s, the Crittenden, or is it Crittenden or Crittenden? Anyway, the county that Marion is in is called Crittenden or Crittenden. And if I'm saying that wrong, God forgive. But anyway, the point of it is the, the Crittenden County Sheriff's Department in the 1970s actually... um uh, they they basically just got rid of this actual um, information. It was destroyed. Uh, so no, in the seventies the flood happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> take take two, Alicia. In the seventies the flood happened, and then in 1992 the FBI FBI files were actually destroyed. So when they opened tried attempted to open this case in 2007, they're finding out all this information, and so for the family. At this time, I can only imagine how their hopes were kind of like brought up then to be brought back down to find out not only was there a flood that took place that destroyed the evidence in the 70s, any other additional information, which is probably second to none, was destroyed in 1992 by way of the FBI. Cool. And I'm also wondering, like, what would make them destroy that evidence? Correct. But it, it is also funny, like, not funny, but crazy, that listening to interviews from some of the people that are still in Marion now, where mm-hmm. people have gone back to try to interview, they've even gone to them, and these are the white people that are in Marion, and they was like, oh, we want to do a story about Isabel Banks. Mm-hmm. And they're literally saying, nope, that conversation, you, you need to move on. Don't right. talk about it. Right. And it's amazing. The the black people want to talk about it, but the white people do not. Right. So it's like, what are you covering up or what are you afraid is going to come out right. of this conversation? And why did the FBI open the case up just to open the, just to say they opened the case up? Right. To close the case. And you had these files open for so you had these files from 1950 something right. to 1992. And right. now you're destroying them. Why are you destroying Right. Them? And if you actually listen to the podcast series, you guys, I encourage you to listen to it because, I mean, it's, it's going to take you a while to listen to it because it's a lot of information. But some of the people that they interview, some of the white people that they do interview, they say that very same thing that you said. It's like, we don't talk about that story. Like, it's like, it's, it's almost... taboo almost. It's taboo. And it's and in a way, I would yeah, it's shameful. It is. Because, actually, I think if you, if somebody actually digs into the archives far enough, they're going to find something 
And they'd rather you go look for it than us tell you. Right. But because I mean, that's my granddaddy you're talking about. That's right. my that's my great grandfather you're talking about or right. whatever like that. Right. So. Exactly. And so which would explain why they did destroy the files in nineteen ninety two because who's to say that law enforcement didn't have something to do with the murder of there, Isidore Banks? Isn't there a huge FBI um area in Arkansas? Oh, I don't know. If I am not mistaken, there is. Anyone knows, let us know. But, you know, I I encourage you all, the, the podcast series, it's called Unfinished. Um, take a look. And if you have any type of uh, means to listen to podcasts, I mean, obviously you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> definitely take a look at it and see. It is so interesting and so fascinating. Everything that they go through. Um, about his life with his family and how there's, like I said, they're still seeking justice for him at this very moment. And there's actually several podcasts about him. Like if you just type his name in, right? It's like wow. Like people are really interested, but the government is not right. interested in it because, like we, this was a year before Rosa Parks bus denial, right? <laughs> <laughs> The, the old bus denial, denial. So you got to take it back to then. Like, if we can just imagine Rosa Parks in this bus right. a year before that in Arkansas, where blacks were not supposed to have all this, right. a thousand acres, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, I wanted to read this quote, right? So, like I said, the investigation obviously remains cold, and. It was closed um, and officially closed in 2012. And this quote I thought was just insane. So it says, despite extensive efforts, no subjects have been identified, meaning obviously for the killing of Isidore Banks. And this is the justice of uh, the Department of Justice. They wrote this in a, a the closing file of this particular case. So they also go to say, because of the destruction of the FBI and local investigation files, the lack of any known living witnesses, the various unsubstantiated theories of motive, including insufficient evidence that the victim's death was in fact racially motivated, there is no reasonable possibility that further investigation will lead to a prosecutable case. And when I read that, I was like, this is the most fucked up situ- th- situation and like thing that you could say about someone's actual life and them not taking the, just having due diligence for this person's actual life and what happened to them and even for their family to have some type of closure. It's like a complete brush off, you know? Um, and I get that it could be really difficult to like try and retrieve as much information as possible. But for me, it just really was just so, I, it was, I had to, like a visceral feeling, like how disgusting. And I get at some point you have to let things go-ish. Yeah. But I just feel like it was just so dismissive in the way this language was shared, in my opinion. Department of Justice. Right. Um, and so, y'all, like I said, if you... Have some time. Please, please, please take the time to learn more about Isidore Banks. 
in the actual area of Marion, Arkansas. There's so much rich history um, that many of us probably may know a little bit about, and you might be surprised to learn more about um, in this area. Uh, I just, I, I hope at some point there's some peace with his family and even the people in that particular area because it's such a sensitive subject even at this point in time um and so like i said i encourage you all to definitely learn more about isabel banks and his his amazing story and the contributions he has given to the black community um or did give to the black community um at that time in marion arkansas all right y'all we're gonna sign off tonight we are actually in our bed chilling talking to y'all this is some personal stuff here (laughs) but um yeah so next week is our last car confessions episode for black history month we are actually really grateful to leslie halliday and i'll shout her out again next week she provided me with some awesome information i'm going to keep it a surprise but thank you leslie in advance uh, it's a tremendous help. I reached, I asked last week during car confessions, if you have any information that you would want me to share, please send it my way. And Leslie was so gracious in sending me some information and, um, I'll share that with you all next week. So I will see you all, or we'll see you all next week and, you know, stay safe out there. Bye. for tuning in to this week's car confessions on the e2b podcast please rate and review the show subscribe to the podcast if you have not already and share this particular episode with someone you love i love y'all and keep on keeping on i love you i'll talk to y'all later bye